0: What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Carolina Talk Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Jacob Turner, and uh, it's been a while since we've been on here. I apologize for that. I've been busy with uh, football, spring practice starting. Carolina playing a lot of basketball games over the past few weeks. Just haven't been able to get back on the podcast, which I've been kicking myself a little bit about because I made a pact to myself that I would get one out every week and wasn't able to do that last week. So figured I had to get back on here as early as possible uh, with the start of the new week. Getting this done about ten fifteen on a Monday morning, so had to knock this one out. Had to get back on here and update everybody and talk about a few things surrounding not only Carolina basketball, which is in full swing right now and playing really well, but Carolina football started spring, spring practice yesterday, Sunday, February third, and got a lot to talk about there. We're not gonna delve into it too too much, just because it was the first practice. Uh, we were we were at Mac Brown's pre-spring practice press conference which was last Friday if I'm remembering correctly as well so we'll talk about that a little bit we're not going to dive too too much into spring practice and spring football but we will definitely touch on it and talk about it for a few minutes but that'll be after uh, we we talk about a few things with the basketball team obviously last time I was on here was with Brandon too shout out Brandon too if he's listening to this one love him uh, last time I was on here, we talked about the Duke game. My man Brandon was just ranting and raving about the game. I actually went back and listened to it, and it was hilarious to listen to. My man Brandon gets passionate. His voice gets a little bit higher when he really when he really feels something, when he's really passionate about something, and it's, it's just hilarious to watch. But love my man Brandon, too, Brandon too and uh, we'll definitely get him back on the podcast very soon. If you haven't, go back and listen to that one. You can find it um, at anchor.fm. You can find it on uh, Apple Podcasts. You can also find it on Spotify Podcasts as well as some other websites we use. But to be quite frank with you, I've never heard of half of them. So those are the three main ones we use. So go check them out on Anchor, um, Apple, and Spotify. But let's touch on these last three games that the Carolina basketball team has played in and won, starting with the win over number 16, Florida State at home. That was a 77 to 59 victory over the Seminoles on February twenty third. So that was two Saturdays ago. A, a, one Saturday ago. I think, yeah, one Saturday ago. So big, big win for the Tar Heels over a good Seminoles team. Um Seminoles came to that game 21 and 6, 9 and 5 in conference after 21 and 5, 9 and 4 in conference before, ended up 21 and 6, 9 and 5 in conference afterwards, obviously 77 to 59 win over a, like I mentioned, a good Florida State team. But the way Carolina played he just handled them easily. And I know it's been a, a, a 10 days since that game, but we're just going to touch on it a little bit. And if you look back on it, um, I was there covering it. And I think the biggest thing for me was, if I remember correctly, I don't believe Carolina played too, too great in the first half. But the second half, they really just blew the doors off. Um, Looked the better team. They looked like they were more in control for most of it. Florida State had some times where they, especially in the first half when they were, arguably the better team for, for a big portion of it. But you know, like Carolina has done recently, they just found a way to win. They found a way to get it done. I think that's a credit to North Carolina and, and how this team's playing right now, which we'll touch on here in a little bit as well, because I do want to talk about how I think Carolina is one of the hottest teams in the country right now. And I don't really think many people could argue that uh, based on what we're, we've we seen and what we have been seeing uh, from this Tar Heel team. I think Roy Williams hasn't playing really, really well right now. They're finding ways to win games that maybe in the past or maybe a couple years ago, especially last year, uh, when the team struggled a little bit, you might not expect them to win. So got to give credit uh, to Roy Williams, to North Carolina, especially with Leaky Black and Sterling Manley haven't been out for so long. But looking back at this Florida State game, North Carolina really just came out of the half with a big run. Um, I can't remember what it was off the top of my head. But Carolina just – they came out of the locker room fired up. They were the better team on paper. I know Florida State was a top 15, top 16 team coming to that game. But Carolina was the better team in that game. And they really just dominated for for all of it. And you got to give credit to them for that. It really was an easy, pretty routine win in the long run. Um, I know basketball is a game of runs. And obviously they Carolina and Florida State went back and forth. And they just found a way to win. Like I said – That's a testament to what North Carolina's done. That's a testament to how North Carolina's played. I did just mix up the two games. I was thinking about the Syracuse game. That's when Carolina came out in a big run after um, Roy got really, really angry with him at halftime, according to some of the players. Not super angry, but was definitely a little bit perturbed. I think Carolina was behind by three points at the break or something like that, and were able to end up winning by eight, which we'll touch on in a second. But focusing on that Florida State game, I mean, like I said, if you look at the box score, It was a a good performance from Cam Johnson, 18 points, um, 6 for 13, so just under 50% from the floor, uh, 75% from the free throw line. Really good game from him. Kobe White struggled a little bit. He he had been struggling over the past, I think, the Florida State game and the couple of games before that, Duke game specifically. He wasn't playing, wasn't shooting very well. But Syracuse and the Clemson game uh, this past weekend, which we'll touch on, Kobe White's just lit it up and has been electric. But only had 10 points in 27 minutes against Florida State. Four assists, but three turnovers. So not a great game for Kobe White in that one. But looking at the box, like I said, Cam Johnson had a great game. Luke May at 15 and, and 11. All defensive rebounds, which I think is kind of weird to see in a lot of ways. He had 11 rebounds, and all of them were defensive rebounds. A 5 for 12 from the field for Luke. 2 for 4 from the three-point line. So not a bad outing. But Carolina as a whole against Florida State shot 43%. Um, 35% from three, which is not great, but that really speaks testament to how good this team is because they ended up winning by 18 points over a top 16 team, only shooting 42%. The problem was, for our state shot, 30%, 32.3% from three. It did shoot 81% from the line, so had a good showing from there, but just didn't really get scoring from anybody. Um, Man had 10 points, and that's about it. Nichols had 16 points, and everybody else, you know, you look at Kofor, Kumaje combined for eight points, so not a great stat line for them. And then Forrest and MJ Walker combined for eight points as well. And if you look at Florida State's bench play, if you take away Nichols, who had 16 points and really lit us up for a little bit, uh, their bench only combined for 17 points, and they only scored 59. So just wasn't a very good game from Florida State, which was a little bit surprising. I really thought Florida State would come in and make it more interesting than they did, but like I said, you got to give credit to North Carolina for getting that win because – in the long run, I think it was an important one, obviously, kind of a common sense thing to say. But, um, eighth rate North Carolina at the time was able to get a big win over Florida State, actually, outscored the Seminoles 40 to 25 in the second half, it was 37 to 34 at halftime. So, good win for North Carolina. I'm not going to focus on that one too much because it was so long ago. And that's my apologies for, for slacking with the podcast. I have been busy, I'm not just going to say I've been sitting around, but. Definitely should have been able to get one out last week and wasn't able to. But we're doing it right now, so who cares, right? North Carolina, Syracuse, a few days later. That was on February 26th, so three days later after the, the Florida State win at home. 93-85 um, to 85 victory for the Tar Heels in the Smith Center. And, I mean, it really was just a battle of Kobe White and Tyus Battle. Tyus Battle had 29 points, 23 of which came in the second half. Kobe White had 34 on the night, 9 of 14 shooting amazing stat line shooting 10 for 10 from the free throw line just a really really impressive game from my opinion carolina's best ever freshman point guard roy williams actually said it i believe it was about two weeks ago now that he was the best scoring point guard that he's ever coached and i can't really disagree with that i got a lot of tweets back when i tweeted that out that ty lawson or phil ford i can't vouch for phil ford I mean, they didn't have a shot clock for one, so the game was just completely different. I don't really think it's fair to compare Phil Ford and Kobe White. Not that I don't guarantee and think that Phil Ford was a great player. Just way before my time, not a lot of video of him playing, but from what I have seen and what I've heard, uh, most older Carolina fans in the older demographic, don't take that the wrong way if you're listening. It's just a fact. I, w- I, w- I was born in 95, so I didn't, I don't know what was going on in the 70s uh, when Phil Ford was playing, but if you just look – at what Kobe White has done as a freshman, I mean, he's just unbelievable. And I think he is the best scoring point guard. And Roy Williams wouldn't say that unless he meant it. And I also saw some tweets back saying Kobe White, best point guard he's ever coached. And um, some people were saying Kendall Marshall was. Some people were saying, like I said, Phil Ford. Um, Ty Lawson was a popular one. But in the long run, even Joe Barry and some of them. But, I mean, if Kobe White can stay and win a natty, for maybe, maybe stay. So he's a junior. He could probably leave after this year and be a top 25 pick in the draft based on how he's playing right now. I don't think he will. I think he will stay just my gut feeling have no source. um, None of that, no journalism to back that up, but that's just what I feel. But Kobe white for me is just an elite point guard. He's the best freshman point guard I've ever seen at Carolina. I've said it just about every podcast I hop on because he continues to play. I wouldn't keep saying if he wasn't continuing to perform. So Kobe White, great game, 34 points against the Orange in 33 minutes. Like I said, 10 from 10 from the free throw line, over 50% from three as well. Just a great, great outing. Had four turnovers and only three assists, so he's got to cut down on that. But if he's scoring 34 points, I mean, you can you can afford a couple of turnovers. You can afford having a low assist number. Um, looking at everybody else, Cam Johnson continues to do it, being Carolina's most consistent player this year. 37 minutes, 16 points, seven rebounds, only one turnover. Great game from him, Luke May doing his thing as usual. Didn't score a lot in this game like he did against Duke uh, two games prior to that one uh, against the Syracuse. But nine points against the Orange, 12 rebounds, six assists. Was only shot two of 12 from the field. Kind of says a lot. Luke May is a, is a streaky shooter. When he gets going, man, he's hard to stop. Sometimes, hate to say it, but he he can't throw, like Roy has said many a times, he can't throw the ball in the ocean from the beach sometimes. And that was what happened against the Orange. But it's good to see him contributing In other ways, getting 12 rebounds, still finding a way to get nine points, five or six from the free throw line. That's where most of that came from. Didn't make a single three in that game, but had six assists as well. So you're seeing him continue to do things that maybe don't propel him to first-team All-American in some games. But, I mean, when he performs against Duke like he did 30 and 15, he can afford a couple of these games as long as he's pitching in and contributing somewhere. And that's really what he did against the Orange uh, with – 12 rebounds and six assists, so can't complain about that. Nazir Little, 21 minutes, 11 points, six rebounds, good game for him, solid game for him, didn't shoot well, only two of nine from the floor in that one, um, seven of eight from the free throw line in that one as well, so not a great, great uh, outing for Nazir, but a good game and 11 points, you will take that off the bench, especially when he's coming in and grabbing some rebounds as well. Um, And I forgot to mention Nazir Little against Florida State. I don't know how I slipped my mind, but Nazir Little had an amazing game against Florida State. Had a couple of highlight reel dunks. Ended up finishing uh, with 21 points uh, against the Seminoles. Can't believe I forgot to mention that. But just had an amazing, excuse me, 18 points against the Seminoles. Sorry about that. In 23 minutes. Eight rebounds. Um, Only had one assist. Had one steal, one block. So good game from Nazir Little. Shot 6 of 11 from the field. Sorry to have to go back, but can't not mention Nazir Little's performance against Florida State. I'm glad I Uh, remembered that one, but Nazir Little can, can, you know, in two games against Florida State and Syracuse, he had 18 points against the uh, 11 points against the Orange, 18 points against the Seminoles, so good back-to-back performances for him. We'll touch on the Clemson game in a second, didn't really have a great game against Clemson, and we're going to touch on why that could be a problem for North Carolina going forward um, when we, at the very end of talking about basketball before we move on uh, to football and spring practice for a second, but Focus on the Syracuse game. Again, let's refocus on that one. Uh, just went back in time in a little time machine on that one. But B-Rob, eight minutes, five points. Didn't really do anything else. No rebounds, no assist, two fouls. So decent game from him. You know, as he's coming in and giving you five points, giving you eight solid minutes. He's always going to play some good defense. I uh, Can't really complain about that. But just a, a, an even game from everybody. It was really Kobe White that led Carolina in that game. 33 of Carolina's, 34 of Carolina's 93 points, excuse me. Uh, Carolina shot 40% from the four in that game, only 31% from three. But, I mean, if you look at the Florida State game and Syracuse game, Carolina didn't shoot well from three at all. But they're finding a way to win. And and I've, I've said it a lot this year and kind of criticized Carolina of being a Duke 2.0, a team that, you know, Duke. you're accustomed to Duke's team living and dying by the three. That hasn't been them this year. They can't shoot a three to save their lives for the most part. I think Trey Jones shoots like 12% from three. It's unbelievable um, the the contrasting and plays of how Duke usually plays and how Duke's playing this year. But North Carolina has been a team, especially early on this season, that really relied on that three going in. And over the past few games, even over the past month, month and a half, Carolina has not shot well in a lot of games from three-point land, but they're still finding ways to win. And I think the biggest testament, like I mentioned, in that Florida State game, is the fact that Carolina was able to beat a top 16 team by 18 points when they did not shoot well from three at all. And they did the same thing against Syracuse. They struggled a little bit more against Syracuse. Syracuse is at 18 and – they were 18 and 9 coming into the game, 9 and 5 in conference. So they're not a great team, but they're always a team that seems to cause uh, North Carolina some problems. So it was a good win for, for Carolina. They, they found a way to get it done. And you have to give credit to them, and you have to give credit to the way – They continue to just find ways to win because at this point in the season, that's all that matters. Let's focus and move on to this Clemson game real quick before we just touch on a a few other things about the basketball team right now. Um, Saturday, I didn't get to watch much of this game. I tweeted about it. I didn't get to tweet about any of the game. Didn't really get to watch any of the game. Um, For those who don't know, I have a second job right now where I'm just trying to build up some more money and whatnot. You know how that goes, just graduated college in May, trying to... Really do my best on the journalism side, working for Tall Hill Illustrated, but also um, be able to break in some more money. So I was actually working over there um, all day, or all afternoon on Saturday and, and didn't get to see much of the game. The only two plays I saw, or only two moments I saw, was Roy Williams walking off the court with Vertigo. Glad to see he's okay. Definitely a scary moment. You hate to see that, but he was fine. Steve Robinson stepped in, did an amazing job leading the team. He did that in Boston College back in 2016 as well. Um, you know, he's, he, he, he it's great to have a guy like Steve Robinson back there. He was a head coach at Florida State for a few years. A lot of people might not remember that or know that. He does have a head coaching experience. And you see it when he steps in and is able to lead this team. But give testament to the players even more than Steve Robinson. Sure, Steve came in and did a great job. But it was the players that went out there and got it done. Kobe White, 28 points uh, in the 81-79 victory over the Tigers um reed had 24 points 10 of 16 shooting for the tigers decent game from the highlights i've seen from him but it's kobe white show again man he continues to do it 36 minutes 28 points six rebounds five assists the big number that stands out and continues to stand out though is those turnovers five turnovers so not a very good assist turnover ratio for kobe right there but he had a really really solid game i mean he shot over 50 percent again He shot over 50% from three again. Carolina's a team shot 41.3% and uh, 39% from the three-point line. So, still, Carolina not shooting too, too well from three. Not really shooting amazingly well um, as a team from the floor. But they continue to find ways to win. Luke May, 13 points, 10 rebounds. Another double-double for him. He's a double-double machine this year. Didn't shoot well again, really. Only 40%. Uh, four of 10 from the field. That's not bad, but you'd like to see Luke shooting 50 to 60% because you think he, he, I mean, you know he's more than capable of doing that. And really what hurt him was that one of four from the three point line. But Garrison Brooks has been relatively consistent for Carolina. He's given him some good minutes. Uh, didn't have a great game six points, three rebounds. Pretty quiet for him. Had four fouls uh, like Luke May did and Kobe White did. So a lot of fouls in this game for North Carolina, but still, it's adversity. And Carolina's finding a way to win on the road against a, a Clemson team that I tweeted about it um, on Friday. This Clemson team needed a win. They desperately needed a win to get into the NCAA tournament hunt, and I think that probably took them out of it unless they uh, make a deep, deep run in the ACC tournament, which I don't think is very likely to happen. They're sitting at 17-12 and 7-9 in conference. So for me, that's not good enough for a team that was ranked top 25 in the preseason. It's full of seniors, full of juniors, a very experienced team. But, you know, this year – just haven't been able to get it done. Cam Johnson doing his thing again, 35 minutes, 6 for 11 from the field, 6 for 8 from 3, um, 19 points. Uh, only two rebounds, three assists, two turnovers, but 19 points from Cam is about what you would expect. He always seems to be anywhere from – seems like most of the time, he's going to have those 25-point games, 30-point games, whatever it may be. Seems like most of the time he's going to be anywhere from that 20 to 15 range, which is right around his average – right now. So you can't complain about Cam's performance, always doing his thing and pitching in some some really big minutes. And like I mentioned, Nazir Little didn't have a great game. 17 minutes, one for seven from the floor, five points. And for what I understand, Steve Robinson didn't play him too much in that second half. I think he played a lot in the first half and didn't get a huge amount of minutes, especially late in that second half. But um, six rebounds for him as well, not bad. No turnovers, only one foul. So not a bad game from Nazir, but One of the things I want to touch on real quick after we finish talking about this 81-79 win over Clemson, great win from the Tar Heels, 24-5 overall now, 14-2 in conference. Um, Clemson shot 6% higher than North Carolina in the game, shot only 3% lower from three, shot 11% better um, from the free throw line, and Carolina still found a way to win. Great, great credit to them. One thing I do want to touch on, though, as we get closer and closer to um, the ACC Tournament and the NCAA Tournament coming up soon. North Carolina's got those two games at Boston College um, tomorrow evening. Um, Going to be a tough game, 8 p.m., Boston College. Team that's not doing too, too hot right now, but uh, they just lost to, believe it was Pittsburgh, Miami. Let me look real quick now that I am have the computer right in front of me. Who do they just lose to? Georgia Tech, that's who it was. Georgia Tech, um, at Georgia Tech, was able to get a three-point win over them. So Boston College right now sitting at 14-14, 10th in the ACC. Should be a routine win, but it's always tricky on the road, especially um, against a team like Boston College. But if Carolina does win that game, they'll have completed the ACC regular season undefeated on the road, and that's a huge testament to how well this team has done. It's kind of funny that they've lost at home twice, one to Louisville, which is kind of, I think, was a season-defining win because Carolina's only lost one game in that span, and that was a – eight-point loss to number four UVA at the time in the Smith Center, a game that Carolina was in control of and probably should have won, but a couple of plays didn't go their way. Weren't able to make a few plays down the stretch, and UVA got the win, but got two regular season games, Boston College tomorrow, that's Tuesday, and Duke on Saturday for senior night, which is going to be a huge, huge game. Hopefully, I'm, I'm, I'm credentialed right now, it'll be my first UNC Duke experience, really looking forward to that one, and I just can't wait to watch um, the Tar Heels play against Duke. I've Everybody's always say it's a completely different experience. So really looking forward to that one. But the one thing I do want to touch on is well, two things actually. Carolina, for me, is one of the hottest teams in the country. They're one of the best teams in the country right now. When the new AP poll comes out in the next couple of hours, they'll probably be a top four team. They're number five. I would expect them to move up to four. But the second thing I want to touch on is not only is Carolina one of the hottest teams, but the one thing that does worry me is the inconsistent inconsistency in play from specifically Nazir Little. I think, and the reason I say that is I, I know for a fact that if Carolina wants to win the national championship, they're going to need Nazir Little to be more consistent than he has been. He can't have one game in the tournament where he has 17 and then have the next game where he has five. He, he can't have that. He has to be more consistent than that because we know he's capable of doing that. So that's the one thing I have, or one criticism I have Nazir Little. I think he's gotten a lot better the second half of the season. But in order for Carolina to, to make that stride, they're going to need Nazir Little to be more consistent. Whether it's hitting the boards more, whether it's just scoring 10 points a game, they're going to need something out of Nazir that's consistently good. And they're also going to need the likes of Sterling Manley who came back against Clemson for the first time in 16 games, I think. They're going to need someone like him to to be able to come in and give them significant minutes. Not significant minutes, but quality minutes. Maybe 8, 10 minutes a game. They're going to need someone like him, a big 6'11", 7-footer guy, to be able to come in and contribute, get some rebounds, pitch in a few points, play some good defense. They're going to need that. And I don't know right now if they're going to have that, not only because Sterling is really late getting back into things, which is always tough to get back in the rotation, get your fitness up, all that stuff, but he really wasn't playing that well before he got hurt either. So that worries me a little bit too because they're going to need those two guys, Nazir and Sterling Manley, to contribute significantly not dropping 30 points a game, not dropping even 15 points a game, but just coming in and doing something positive. And they're going to need that on a consistent basis. They can't have it one game and not have it the next because I mean, here in a couple weeks, guys, it gets to the point where it's you lose and you go home. So, it's going to be interesting to see how Carolina does in the in the future when it comes to that, but they're just going to need a little bit more consistent play from those two guys if they want to be successful and reach their ultimate goal of winning a national championship. So that's the only thing I really want to say, only negative thing I guess you could say that I have to say about Carolina right now. They're one of the hottest teams in the country, currently on a five-game winning streak. I think they've won, let's see, 6, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 11 out of their last, last 12 games. So that's big, been really, really, really good over the past 11 games, or the past 12 games, except for that slip-up. Uh, against Miami but biggest takeaways from this past week week and a half is Carolina is finding ways to win against teams that in the past they've lost to in at Clemson you know lost to at home a Syracuse team lost to a top 15 team in Florida State before coming into this mission they've lost those games before and and they're not doing that this year they're finding ways to win from different guys and whether it's Kobe White whether it's Nazir little having a decent game whether it's Cam Johnson doing his thing Luke May dropping 30 and 15 like he did against Duke. They're finding ways to win, and that's what is most important at this point in time because, like I said, it's getting to the point where you either win or you go home. So Carolina's got to continue to find a ways to win. Hopefully they didn't peak too early in it. You know, They get to the ACC tournament and start dying down a little bit, and they get to the NCAA tournament and maybe have a similar year to what they did uh, in the tournament last year, losing the second round to a, a bigger team and a more athletic team than them in A&M. I don't think that'll happen to Carolina. I expect Carolina, at minimum, to get to the Elite Eight. I I'm not. I don't. I I personally don't believe they're going to win the national championship. I just haven't seen enough consistency from the likes of Kenny Williams, from the likes of Nazir Little. Uh, I don't know if they have enough depth at the big man position with Manley not really being able to play too much and not really, like I said, having played too well but even before he got injured. So still a lot of question marks around this team, but do they have it in them to win it? For sure. I just – if you look at the 17 team, you look at the 05 team, look at the 09 team, this team is not nearly as talented as them. They're a lot younger than them in some ways. But this team is good, and they're winning games. I mean, the 24-5, and top five team in the country, I'm sitting on here complaining about that. tied for first in the ACC. But just one of those things, one of those having covered the team and seeing them play, I just don't know if they're good enough to win it all. The thing is, I know they're capable. It's just can they put it all together? Uh, with what they have but I mean when you got three seniors and Luke and Cam and Kenny going their last go around I mean anything can happen especially when you've got guys like Kobe lighting it up and you've got a, a potentially breakout star in the tournament like Nazir Little if he can just find a way to put it all together for five six games and Carolina's gonna have a great great shot to at least make a deep run in that tournament, get to the final four, maybe even get to the National Championship game. And if you can do that, who knows what will happen. It's when everything kind of changes then, and you don't have to be the best team necessarily to win it. As long as you're playing the, playing the best at the time, that's all that really matters. But guys, let's go ahead and move on to football real quick. We're going to touch on spring practice just for a few minutes. Spring practice started yesterday, Sunday, uh, March 3rd. I keep wanting to say February. It is March now, best time of the year. Besides the weather we've had in North Carolina, I think it's rained for the past uh, 150 days and 150 nights. So, unfortunate to see that, but hopefully it'll clear up and we'll see the sunshine again before I pass away. And I know I'm young, so, I mean, who knows though, guys. But in all seriousness, weather's been crappy, but Carolina's been playing well. Spring practice has started, and thank goodness Carolina has an indoor place to do it based on all this weather we're having. I wasn't able to make it. Also, I had to work at my other job yesterday. I will be there on Tuesday covering it and should be there on Thursday. I think Carolina has the two open media days this week for spring practice are Tuesday and Thursday in the mornings too. I think Carolina's practicing like 9 to 11 a.m. So getting those early reps in, which I like. Um, But speaking on Mac Brown's press conference before we speak on spring practice, one question that was asked to him last Friday was, what was your kind of biggest thing you're looking for? And And he said quarterback. And it, Kind of a common-sense answer. I mean, if like Mac Brown said, what's your biggest thing you're looking for in a quarterback? He said someone that can move the ball and score points, period, point-blank, period. And the good news for Carolina is I think they have three very capable quarterbacks in Fortin. Well, I know they have three very capable quarterbacks in Cade Fortin, Jace Ruder, and Sam Howell. Um, obviously, Nathan Elliott, the news of him going to Arkansas State to be a graduate assistant. But wish the best of, of luck to him. And I do have a quick bone to pick with Carolina fans real quick. Just real quick, I don't mean any disrespect to y'all. I love, love each and every one of y'all. I love everybody that listens to this podcast. But as soon as the Nathan Elliott news broke, the same people that were slating Nathan Elliott super disrespectfully during the football season, I mean, just saying some horrible things about him. were wishing him all the best, man. Love you, Nate. You're Tar Heel Nation forever. And I just can't stand that from fans. I can't stand fake people in general, but I cannot stand fake fans that slate somebody on the field and as soon as they leave the program, it's like they never said anything bad about him. I can't stand that, man. So seeing that from Carolina fans, let's be better than that. Let's be better than that if you listen to this podcast. If you talk crap about Nate during the season, don't wish him well leaving. It's just fake. I understand you mean well now, but it's, it's just fake. Can't talk about someone's family and talk about how bad he was and talk about he should never play for Carolina again. And then as soon as news that he's leaving the football program comes out, you act like you never said anything about him. You act like you you love him to death, which I know is not true for a lot of Carolina fans. Undeservingly so. He doesn't deserve that criticism. Connor was not bad last year because of Nathan Elliott. Was he a, a problem? Was he a keg in the wheel? For sure. But there was a lot of things going on in that football program that a lot of people don't know about that hurt them more than Nathan Elliott's play. Sure, the coaching decisions. in my opinion, Nathan Elliott, didn't have a lot of weapons around him. Didn't have the arm to make throws at the D1 level. Didn't have guys. He had the weapons, don't get me wrong. He just didn't have guys making plays for him when they got on the ball. Nathan Elliott was definitely a problem in some of that, but he was not the main problem, not even close to it. So, you know, just I, I just can't. I had to start to rant real quick on that, but I just can't stand seeing that from, from just fake fans and stuff like that because the stuff I saw about Nathan Elliott on social media during the season was just, just honestly just embarrassing. Uh, for Carolina fans, and a lot of them should be ashamed of themselves for what they said. But focusing back on the football program, Mack Brown talked about how he's got to find a quarterback, and it's just so true. And like I said, I think he's got the weapons back there. My gut feeling is that Sam is going to get the nod. I think you bring a new coaching staff in, you got a highly recruited guy, highest-rated quarterback, uh, according to rivals for Carolina since Mike Paulus back in like 06, 07. You bring a guy like that in, I think you just throw him in and you go with it and you just see what happens. You have capable backups in Reuter and Fortin um, that can make things happen if needed. If Hal, you know, God forbid gets hurt. If Hal does get the start and doesn't perform as well, you know, as a true freshman, you got somebody you can bring in. So I think it's kind of a low risk, high reward thing um, to have him for the next three seasons at least, if you can just throw him into the fire and he can succeed. Because, I mean, he's one of the most, not one of the most, one of the best quarterbacks. I'm about to say one of the most best. That would have been some proper grammar. One of the best quarterbacks in the country, the best quarterback in North Carolina. I think he was the second best player in North Carolina coming into it behind uh, Crouch, who I think ended up going to Tennessee, which is kind of weird. Not sure why he went to Tennessee. Someone needs to investigate that one over there in Knoxville. But um, Sam Howe, throw him in there, let him do his thing. And, you know, based on what you'll see in spring practice, new coaching staff, the best thing I think you can hope for is whoever whichever quarterback it may be one of them stepping in and just not really separating themselves by a huge margin that'd be great too but you know at the end of spring practice here in the next month or so you kind of just hope that one guy maybe just pushed himself a little bit further than everybody and then you know that doesn't really matter if it comes in when in in preseason and doesn't continue that form but if he, you know, one guy, maybe let's say a towel, he pulls himself away a little bit from the pack in spring practice, and then he comes in uh, in preseason um, in the next few months. You know, what, August I think is when they start. Um can't remember the exact – I know football starts in August. They start practicing before that. But he comes in and, you know, continues that. And is still the better one, still inching his way forward and forward a little bit. I think that's the best you can hope for from the quarterback position – Instead of you know one week before game day, you've got three guys that haven't separated themselves or just separated themselves by maybe a millimeter. Um, Then it's that becomes tough because you don't really know who your best guy is. You don't really have a guy that said you know forget everything else. I'm gonna be the guy. I'm gonna be the one. So it'll be interesting to see. But like Mac Brown mentioned, gotta find a quarterback. Um, I like the air raid offense. I think they have three capable quarterbacks that can not only throw. Um, that can run. I think Mac Brown said that in his uh, post-spring practice interview yesterday. So Carolina's got the weapons on each side of the ball. For me, at least they do. And I think Carolina has a – I've been saying it, talking to, to my, my dad a little bit, who's a Carolina fan, that I think Carolina really has the weapons this year and, and, and certainly the coaching staff – to put a good season together. And I think they have more talent than a lot of people give them credit for, especially with the recruiting class they brought in in that short amount of time as well. I think there's a lot of talent on this North Carolina roster. And we also you know, received uh, some other news from Mac Brown in that Friday press conference. And one thing I thought was really cool is he kind of talked about the injuries they had, which is something Larry Fedora didn't do. I'm not going to get into Larry Fedora. I'm done talking about him. But he kind of came out and gave us the things and the things that we needed to see. Um, you know, it's always good to know who's out, who's banged up and won't be playing as much, who's transferring or switching positions. And Mac Brown came out and just gave us that. So if you haven't seen, um, Alan Cater, Austin Dollar, Tyrone Hopper, Jason Strobridge, and Wyatt Tunnel are all out of spring practice through injury. Um, non in contact is Miles Dorn, Antoine Green, and Miles Wolfook. So one wide receiver, obviously Green, uh, broke his ankle pretty bad against Syracuse last year, and Dorn and Wolfwick are, are two safeties, two experienced safeties for Carolina that will be non-contact during the spring. Um, Avery Jones moved to, to nose tackle, and uh, Devin Lawrence moved to slot receiver. Shout-out Devin Lawrence, went to my high school, Wake Forest High School. He's actually the younger brother of Dexter Lawrence. Um, Shout-out Dex too. great, great dudes. I uh, Didn't know Devin personally, but did know Dexter. and Really good dude, really nice guy. So Devin Lawrence moves to the slot receiver. I remember him getting recruited out of high school. People ran and Raven about how well he was all-purpose back because he could come out of the backfield and catch. He could block really well. So no real surprise to see him get moved, especially when you consider the fact that Carolina's got really four capable running backs this year. They can all have proven themselves already. So not surprised to see him move. Um, Jonathan Smith, I believe it's Jonathan Smith, I'm still a little confused on this one. Mac Brown said John Smith, and I've never heard him be called John Smith, the linebacker. I've always heard Jonathan Smith. I think there's another John Smith on the team or something like that, too. So I'm not sure who. I'm pretty sure this is the linebacker Jonathan Smith out spring semester um, through grades. I know Mac said he fully expected him to be back next uh, semester, next school year. Um, he's working individually with the strength coach and with Thigpen so it is the linebackers I just put two and two together it is Jonathan Smith the linebacker and hopefully he can return because that'd be a big blow for North Carolina they're already really short at the linebacker position Chas moved there which was big news but Jonathan Smith's one of the few linebackers they have that's played significant minutes and I think he's a really good linebacker too so or has the potential to be a really good linebacker he hasn't really proved it too much yet but um he's out right now but is working out and still involved individually with the team and the coaches and then obviously Nathan Elliott like I mentioned leaving so that's really all the news on that front of guys leaving or guys out for spring practice whatever it may be but I think the biggest takeaway I saw from you know watching videos from Tar Heel Illustrated and and looking at interviews that that, uh, AJ posted over at Tar Heel Illustrated is that um I think Mac Brown and the staff really believes in this team they have a really good energy I think the players Really like playing for him. I think the th- ways they're doing things, like the marching band before practice starts, having the um, interim chancellor talk to them before, just little cool things like that. Inviting all the media in, inviting recruits in to watch them first practice. That's just a cool thing to do. It's smart. It's bringing more exposure to the program. Um, it's making the players feel a little bit more important, having guys watch. It makes you feel a little bit more big time, I would assume. So, I think Mac Brown's done all the right things right now. He's doing what he needs to do in order to get this program back on track. And I tweeted it yesterday, and some people took this the wrong way. I retweeted um, a picture that R.L. Bynum posted of UNC's video analysis um, team that was doing practices. And I said, oh, this is big time, you know, this is big time football stuff. And some people were like, oh, what, recording practice? That's nothing new. It's not what I meant. It's big time because everybody records practice, but – They're literally individually breaking down sorting film as practice goes on with four different computer screens, different camera angles, and an indoor practice facility that is one of the most state-of-the-art in the country. According to Mac Brown, the best one he's seen in 42 years of coaching. I didn't mean that they're recording video of practice with something new. That's been going on since video came out. But the fact that they're breaking it down, sorting it out, it's just big-time football stuff, and if, if, if Larry Fedora did that last year, maybe he did. I'm sure he had film. Was he breaking it down as it went and sorting it as it went? I don't know, but Carolina wasn't advertising that. They weren't showing that, and for me, it's just big-time football stuff. You have an individual video team who's solely committed every day of practice to breaking film down, sorting it out, getting different angles, making sure everything goes together, making sure it's all packaged up for the team. So, they don't have to wait hours after practice. Once you get out of practice, it's there. It's done. It's ready for it to be looked at and broken down by the coaches. That's big-time stuff. So, a lot of people took that one the wrong way. Uh, I just wanted to clear that up with everybody. But, biggest thing that Carolina needs to focus on, they got to have some quarterback step up. Doesn't matter who it is. I think they're all capable. Got to have somebody step up. Got to find some reliable linebackers. Hopefully, Chad Serac can maybe step in and be that guy. He's looking huge, man. Very, very big. He's put on a ton of weight, which is great. They've got to have a linebacker step up. I think the biggest thing for me, too, is they just got to have some leaders emerge. Mac Brown said that you don't really know who your leader is until the first game, really. Until who's the gamer? Who leads in the game? It's one thing to lead in practice, one thing to lead in workouts, one thing to lead in the film room. But until the game starts, until the first game of the season, until the second game of the season, you don't really know who your leader is. So hopefully Carolina can have somebody, or not one person, hopefully Carolina can have 10, 15 guys they come out and lead this team and really take the new message and really buy in to what the new coaching staff is trying to do because that's what it's going to take for North Carolina to be successful, and that's what it's going to take for this football program uh, to get back to where fans want it to be, where Mac Brown wants it to be, where the new staff wants it to be, where the people working for the school want it to be. Um, this, t- this potential for the program is huge, but – it doesn't matter if you don't put it all together and put a winning product out on the field. It doesn't matter what kind of facilities you have. It doesn't matter if you're sponsored by Jordan or Russell Athletic. Until you start winning games, um, it doesn't really matter. Carolina's got to do that, and I think they're making steps in the right direction to do that. But the um, jury's still out, and that's just the plain, simple fact of the matter of it all. So that's going to do it for me today, guys. Touched on spring practice a little bit. Touched on UNC basketball. UNC obviously... Uh, back in action tomorrow night against Boston College. Going to be a good, good game. Would expect Carolina to get that win relatively easily and then move to be able to move on and have, what, four or five days to, to get ready and, and get prepared mentally and physically for a big contest against Duke on senior night, which I fully expect Zion Williamson will be back for, which is going to make it that, that much more exciting. Guys, that's going to do it for me. We'll have spring practice, more spring practice coverage, um, later this week, so be sure to follow me on Twitter at Jacob Turner T H I at J A C O B T U R N E R T H I. You can follow me there on Twitter. You can also follow me on the at Carolina Talk Pod, which I'm sure you're probably already on if you've seen this podcast and found a link for it. So thank you guys for the continued support, and uh, as always, we'll see you next time. Try and play the role and you're the whole crew will act up, get up, stand up Come on! Come on, throw your hands up if you got the feeling Jump up to the ceiling Monks, let some funk Someone's fucking junk, yo, I'll bust them in the eye And then I'll take the punks out oh, Feeling, donkin' Amps in the trunk and I got more rhymes in there's cops that are dunking Donuts trapped, sure up I got vibes from the kids on the hill